0: Hey guys, welcome to the Southern Mobile Podcast. This is contributor Colby Patnode coming at you on October 4th, 2017. And we are going to put a wrap on the season and kind of start to look ahead to the uh, offseason here for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I'll tell you guys how our shows are going to be broken down a little bit. And uh, also we have a site announcement that we should take care of up front. And uh, we'll just get to that right now. So uh, SotoMojo.com, our website, is uh, undergoing some changes, uh, mainly in leadership. We, uh, we lost our uh, site expert, our site manager, uh, not too long ago. Um, he's decided to focus on school. He goes to uh, Nebraska, go Cornhuskers, I guess. <laughs> but uh, he's decided to focus on that as he should, and we are now without a site expert, we our writing staff is also taking hit. We're down to just two writers, so as we try to sort things out, there's not going to be a lot of content, if any, put out on the website. But once we get a site expert and some and a bigger staff, we will definitely be writing this off season. And uh, what looks like it's going to be a pretty crucial off season for the Seattle Mariners. So, a uh, little housekeeping there. Uh, let's break down how this off how these off podcasts are going to go. Um, We aren't going to spend the first few diving into, you know, hey, the Mariners should sign this guy or they should trade for this guy. Uh, Those podcasts will be later in the winter after the World Series, uh, mainly because if we talk about, you know, why the Mariners should sign you Darvish or whatever, Player X, now we're not going to have much to talk about in, you know, late November, December, and all that. So... Uh, for now, we're going to focus on what has happened to the Mariners this season. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the off season, but not a whole lot. But that's where we're going. That's how these shows are going to break down for a while. Um, things will start to kick up baseball-wise after the uh, in terms of signings and whatnot after or around Thanksgiving. So that's when we'll really start talking, breaking down signings and all that stuff. But uh, for now, we're just going to talk about. Um, this season that was. We're going to look at a few positions, a few comments, things like that, and then as we get closer and closer to the World Series, we'll start talking about uh, targets for that the Seattle Mariners might uh, might be interested in. So um, let's just go ahead and dive right into what was the 2017 Seattle Mariners. Um, man, that's disappointing, isn't it? Uh, the team finishes with a record. Of just seventy eight and eighty four, tied for third place with the Texas Rangers, and only three games ahead of the Oakland A's. Um, you know it's unfortunate because the American League Wild Card was right there for the taking, and the Mariners just fell apart in September. Um, not surprisingly, all the injuries finally caught up to them, and they just they didn't play well. You know that's that's the whole thing of it. They didn't play well in September, and uh, you know it just it didn't work out for them. But uh, yesterday, Scott Service and uh, Jerry Depoto had a end-of-season press conference, and there were a few interesting notes um, to discuss here. Uh, it was announced that um, Casey Candell, the first base coach, who I believe also works with the infielders, has been, not been retained, and Tim Bogar, the bench coach, is also not going to return to the staff. Um Edgar Martinez will remain as the hitting coach. Scott Grosius is going to go from assistant hitting coach to uh, he's going to be the third base coach, and he's also going to work with the infielders. And Manny Acta has been promoted to uh, to bench coach to take over for uh, Bogar. And, of course, uh, the first base coach vacated by Casey Kandel is going to be handled by uh, Chris Prieto. And the bullpen coach has been retained so a couple changes. Um, really they're all staying in-house, so there's no don't look for them to bring in anybody um, as an assistant hitting coach or anything like that that's not already with the organization. Probably not going to happen. Uh, the Bogar firing or mutual whatever it was is interesting. There are some whispers and I can't I can't confirm this. But there that uh Scott Service and Tim Bogar didn't really have the best relationship. Um, remember for a long time Tim Bogar was rumored to be the front runner for the Mariners jo- for the Mariners manager job. And he came in second, he took a bench coach job, and I don't know if there was resentment or anything like that, but there seems to be some kind of disconnect between the two. And uh that's not the case, of course, with the uh, Maniacta and Scott Service, they are great friends. And it really is crucial to keep Maniacta in this clubhouse. He plays an excellent role in terms of uh, positioning the defense. Uh, he's a good communicator with the uh, Spanish-speaking players. And he's going to be a major league manager again someday. He's an incredibly smart guy. And the lo- longer you can keep him here, the better. Um, it's only a matter of time before somebody scoops him up. So uh, it's nice to see Maniac to get an increased role. And, uh, someday soon, hopefully he'll be a manager, but, uh, not too soon, (laughs) but, uh, that's kind of the big news that came out of the, uh, out of the press conference there. But there was also a few interesting note news, like tidbits. And, uh, one of them was Jerry DePoto's comments about Felix Hernandez. Uh, Felix, as you know, was not good this year. I mean, there's just really no other way to put it, um, He's thrown over 2,500 innings in his career, and it looks like it's finally starting to take a toll. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy the last two years, and he really, even when he was, he hasn't been good. So uh, let's just dive right into this Jerry Depoto, uh, this Jerry DePoto quote. So, uh, quote, this is Depoto speaking, quote, I don't know how we are going to get him through 33 starts without managing it a little differently than we have previously whether that is starting less frequently, whether it is monitoring pitch counts in a different way, whether it's part of this off-season training preparation and in-season routines, we will do whatever we have to do to make sure he is in the best position he can be. Um, He also would later add that, uh, quote, I don't know that he can try to stay healthier. Um... Once you have these issues, it's a matter of maintenance. The issues that Felix has endured are happening under his skin. He can't work harder to make ligaments stronger. He can't lose weight and create more stability in an elbow joint. That's not real. Uh, What what we are dealing with is trying to manage and create enough depth behind Felix so that when he goes out there and takes his starts, we can find a way to monitor his outings so he is out there as frequently as he can be. And when he has steps aside and inevitably needs a little more time, we have someone who can step in. Um, I would say that's concerning. Um, It is essentially the Mariners finally admitting that Felix Hernandez will never return to what he once was. Uh, You start throwing away, you start throwing around words like, uh, you know, he can't he can't work harder, he can't uh, he can't lose weight and create more stability in an elbow joint. Uh, it's been the shoulder injuries that have been the problem, and yet he slips in an elbow joint, which makes me worry that there's something in the elbow too. Felix Hernandez needs to spend this off season; He needs to lose weight. I think that's pretty clear. He needs to strengthen his arm, and there are a lot of really good, uh, really good training facilities that do that. Uh, there's one right here in Seattle. It's called Driveline. They do an excellent job. With uh, youth and with uh, collegiate and professional pitchers, um, really increasing velocity. And Felix, if Felix can't just sit there and throw fastball, curveball, changeup all day, he can't pitch like he used to. And it's unfortunate, but for the last, for two of the last three seasons I can make an argument that Felix Hernandez is the biggest reason why the Seattle Mariners did not make the playoffs and that's a problem you're paying this guy 55 million dollars over the next two years and this is Jerry DePoto the general manager of the team coming out and saying I don't think we can get 30 starts out of Felix that's a problem Um, that's a big problem you are uh, allocating one, you know, one seventh of your entire payroll to a guy who you're hoping all of a sudden now can give you 160 innings instead of 220. That's a problem. Um, so this is not painting a good picture of Felix. I hope that Mariner fans are realistic in this and they can simply look at it and say, Felix Hernandez is not the guy he once was. He's not immune to criticism. He needs to be better. I don't know if he can be better. Um, it would be really sad if he can't. But the grace period for Felix Hernandez should have been long over, long, a long time ago. And he's still very much protected by the fan base. Uh, but you look, read these comments, you know, it makes it sound like the new regime of Jerry DePoto and. John Stanton and that uh, that ownership group, they are not going to baby Felix Hernandez. They are going to demand something. Um, so Felix really needs to get on a diet. He needs to strengthen his arm. Um, he just—he needs to be better, and it's as simple as that. He spent all offseason with this Iron Mike, and he apparently gained a lot of muscle. It was never noticeable. Um, I, you know... Sometimes it's easy to look at guys and say, wow, he changed his body this offseason. And that's kind of what I was expecting for Felix when you hear about all the reports and look at all the workouts. But he came to spring training and he was basically the same. He looked the same. There was no discernible difference. And I don't doubt that Felix worked hard this offseason. I just doubt that he he worked smart. I don't think he added the right weight. I don't think he lost the right weight. I don't think he worked on strengthening his arm. He did a lot of leg work. I just... You know, it's time for Felix to really step up or step out. And uh, it's sad that we have to say that, but this is Jerry Depoto, the general manager, coming out and saying that we can't count on Felix for anything more than essentially what is a number three or number four. 160 to 180 innings of a high three ERA. You know that's Mike Leak, uh, minus some durability, and Mike Leak is not an ace, and you're paying Felix to be your ace, and he's not, so that is definitely concerning. So just a few more little uh, bits of news from the press conference. Uh, it was revealed that, uh, by Jerry DePoto that Guillermo Heredia basically played with a dislocated shoulder all season long. Um, it reportedly had to be put back into a socket four times. Um, This could explain, uh, this is me speaking, not to Poto, (laughs) this could explain that uh, the slump that he had at the end of the year where he was just sapped of really all power. Um, It also probably explains his his throwing accuracy. This was his right shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder, but uh, anybody who throws objects knows that. If your front shoulder's off, then typically your accuracy is going to be off. You're going to sail the ball. You're going to throw the ball high, essentially, because you can't keep that front shoulder in. Your back shoulder flails open, and you're going to be inaccurate. And Guillermo Heredia was. At the end of the year, he, his throws were off the bag, oftentimes high, missing the cutoff man, and uh, he just had no power whatsoever. So um, it's it really makes me wonder why then Leonis Martin was just you know, DFA'd so many times. It just—I mean—it doesn't seem like Guillermo Heredia should have been playing with this all season long, and a DL stint would have done him good. Yet, i, I just—I don't understand why Leonis Martín was DFA'd if we—if they knew that uh, Guillermo Heredia probably needed to miss some time. Um, but I'm sure it's a minor footnote. Um, it's, it's annoying, but it's not disturbing or anything like that. Now we're spending too much time on, um, and finally, the other kind of bit of news that came out of this is that, um, Jerry DePoto confirmed that the Mariners are going to add in their outfield this year, this off season. Um, but he also says that it does not necessarily have to be a center fielder. Um, they believe that Mitch Hanager can handle the center field duties. This is interesting to me. Um, it's worth talking about. Um, I think I think most Mariner fans look at center field and say, "Let's let's back up a little bit. Let's take a look at the outfield." I think most Mariner fans follow me in my sentiment that Mitch Haniger is solid. That's fine. He's one of the outfielders. Don't have a problem with that. Now I think a lot of people really like Ben Gamel and Guillermo Heredia. I do too. I like them as kind of one player. Um, Not so much as, you know, I like them taking away. uh, I like them combined is what I'm trying to say. Um, It's just Guillermo Heredia doesn't hit right-handers that well, but he crushes left-handers. And Ben Gamble... um, Man, he looked really bad the second half of the year. He had that great six weeks, and he just fell off a cliff. Um, I still like Gamble as a uh, strong platoon against right-handed pitching, but I think he just pairs really well with Heredia. Um, you can kind of p- replace. Uh, Her- you can kind of replace Gamel late in games with Heredia um, defensively. Uh, it's a good matchup, so I feel okay about them. Um, counting as one As a platoon Or at least matchup guys um, So at most The Mariners have two outfield spots Filled um, And since Mitch, Mitch Hanniger Played a majority of the year in right field That makes sense Gamble and Heredia Early in the season when Dyson was not hurt They played primarily left field And that makes sense So it seems pretty obvious that the Mariners need to add a center fielder. Well, Jerry Depoto seems to think that Mitch Haniger can play center, and I don't disagree with him. Um, There's a very small sample size of Mitch Hanniger in center field both this year and last year. But both of them show that, yes, he can handle that position and be at least league average at it, I believe. Um, The issue I have here is that... uh, if you take Mitch Haniger out of right field and you put him into center field, A, does this affect the bat at all? Uh, you know, center field is a tougher position to play than right field or left field. Uh, more wear and tear on your body than in the corner. So I'm a little concerned that this – Mitch Hanegar is a guy who did not really stay healthy uh, this year. Uh, some fluky injuries, but either way, he hasn't proved that he can put it in 162 yet. And so I am curious if uh if this would maybe lead to more uh, minor injuries that ultimately hurt his value. Um it's very similar to taking from a area of strength, moving it to a place of weakness and thinking that it's e- that it's easier to fill the weakness that you just created than the weakness you have. I just I don't to me I'm concerned that this would be uh I'm concerned that this would be making yourself a little weaker in two positions. Um, but like I said, if Hanniger ultimately plays center field, he's capable there. Um, he doesn't have blazing speed, but he is an excellent, uh, route taker. He takes fantastic routes to the baseball and he gets really good jumps. So, uh, he can handle center field just fine. I'm, uh, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I'm not worried about that defensively, but, uh, um, he said, so DePoto says they need to add at least one outfielder. I would say they need to add at least two, whether that's Gerard Dyson and they bring him back. Maybe it's they go for the big guy and they get Lorenzo Kane or Justin Upton or JD Martinez. I doubt it. But uh, if they go get one of those guys, great. Maybe it's a guy like Carlos Gomez who, you know, is just he's fine. He's a good player, but not great. Uh, Maybe it's one of those guys. It's possible that, in fact, probably more likely that this outfielder is going to come via trade. Uh, That's what Jerry DiPoto prefers. He wants to trade. He doesn't want to spend free agent dollars on guys. So maybe there's a Michael Taylor, uh, Albert Almora type of guy out there, a young outfielder that the Mariners can get. Um, Tommy Pham maybe from the Cardinals or maybe uh, Randall Gerchak. Uh, that might be an option, too. So those are just kind of the news and notes from everything that happened uh, at the press conference yesterday. And so once again, just to kind of hammer it home, um, we're looking for a new site expert at SotoMojo.com. Um, if you happen to be interested in that, go ahead and go to FansidedOpenings.com, com slash openings, and just apply ...to be the new site manager. Uh, We're also looking for writers, so if you have an interest in writing about the Seattle Mariners, um, it's really simple. We hope to get one or two articles a week out of you, and they don't have to be any longer than 300 words. Um, Or you can write, you know, a thousand words. It doesn't really matter. We're looking for writers. And until we find the writers and the the site expert, we are going to be uh, essentially operating just on this podcast... Uh, with very few articles if any. So uh, that's the update. Um, we'll talk probably next week. Um, hopefully we'll have a little bit more information to discuss about the Mariners. If not, I'm sure we will go ahead and talk about uh, we'll probably break down the infield and what the Mariners have heading into 2018, what they need, and probably what's available on the farm system. So that's what will be next week's show. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this. Um, I'm hoping to have a guest on next week. It just didn't really work out timing-wise, but I want to keep the content coming and flowing, and let you guys know that we are still operating. We just uh, we had a little speed bump. We are currently a ship. We, we, are currently a uh, ship without a captain. So uh, you just give some time. We'll be right back with the content and all that good stuff. But uh, this is Colby Patnode of Sodomojo.com signing out. Um, you know it's going to be an interesting off season, guys. Make sure you join us. We'll break down every trade, every signing that Jerry Dipoto and crew make this off season. And uh, as we get closer to the World Series, the end of the World Series, we'll start talking about uh, potential targets and uh, hopefully have the offseason plan um, ready to go shortly after the World Series. So um, that's kind of what's happening here. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, You can subscribe to us, our podcast, on uh, iTunes. You can find us at uh, blogtalkradio.com. And uh, we are also still on Twitter, at sotomojo.com. You can contact me if you want to know about writing opportunities. You can find me on Twitter. I am at CPAT11, C-P-A-T-11. And uh, let me know if you're interested in any of that, guys. So this is Colby Patnotes signing out. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, go Mariners.